Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Currency Podcast with me, your host. Um, I'm Matt Connor. I'm I'm your host. And um, it's me. I'm the host. In case you didn't know. And so um, I've done 90 episodes to, to this point, And this is the 91st, I do believe, in fact, I know that that's true. It's a fact that this is the 91st episode, and um, I deal in facts. I I love facts. Can't get enough of them. And uh, go. I, I love to go into the factual world. Actually, no, not really. I don't. I would. I like to go into the imagined world or the world that I imagine anyway. And so then that world is going to be like relatively factual or not but i feel like people like to say hey i'm on the side of facts and then this this gives them grounds to act like the things they're saying are facts it's like um how people just agree with science and then this makes them think that they get to talk about science like they are the scientist like people act like they're the authority on science as long as they just agree, they're on the side of science. Um, science is a science is a front. Criticism criticism is a front. Currency is a front. I I on here I talk about currency, things that are a front that people put on. I guess you could say things that are like pretentious, or in other words things that people are pretending to do those things are are platitudinal or um they they consist of platitudes like people put out platitudes uh kind of like cliches you can put out a cliche just in in your speech i mean it's a little it's sort of like rhetoric i guess platitudes are like rhetoric but platitudes aren't good because they're too surface level maybe um not that the surface level is bad but i've been talking about in recent episodes the dynamic between the real and the fake and the fake is like currency characteristically i'd say is more fake to the extent that you'd agree with me like if you agree with me that you could say water is like fake and the land is like real um then you would say that currency is fake because currency is like water. Currency is like an alternative form of water, sort of. And maybe I'm delving into the same kind of area of speaking where people say that data is like oil or something. Like it's a it's a resource that you you want to collect and it's like diverted down certain pathways. But like the internet creates this giant delivery system for information and kind of makes it like water in that way, in the same way that all of the rivers across the world as connected to oceans and and things like that and how they flow into lakes. That's one giant delivery system for water, is just like the way that the earth works. But if you are um, a historical major civilization like the Romans or um pretty much every all of the major civilizations they don't a major civilization doesn't exist without it 
creating some unique way to get a bunch of water flowing in its direction like the Romans invented aqueducts. Like cryptocurrencies, cryptocurrency is a is a new delivery system that's been invented. That's that's what it that's what it provides is that it's like a cryptocurrency, the program written for that, computer program written for that calls out that uh, now there's a delivery system that exists for um, there's a delivery system that exists for money that didn't exist before. It's that's that's the function that's provided. Like that's the product is this really efficient delivery system that hasn't existed before. That's what cryptocurrency provides. Um, it's a delivery system. It's a little bit like Amazon, but it's it's just kind of like a matter of time before people come up with more articulate ways of um, expressing the delivery system. Like there's a number of ways you can tokenize the things that you're delivering, but it's it's kind of like crypto cryptocurrency comes along. A cryptocurrency. It's not big right now because it's really a pretty young industry. But when you think about it, it's very difficult for any industry to break into the current banking industry. Like international banking is so set in stone and there's so much power with that. And a lot of them are tied into national government so much that international banking is like an impossible industry to break into. And in fact, you would before cryptocurrency is invented you would have said that it's completely untouchable but cryptocurrency is a uh it's an industry all its own so it's like we can criticize it for lots of reasons like it's easy to criticize it when it hasn't yet delivered completely even though as if you're just considering it to be like a stock it um it's doing it's increased quite a bit in the last 10 years like it's up quite a bit for it being just a stock but cryptocurrencies are better than stocks because they're in they're a unique industry and this is something you can look to to see that they do inherently have value is that it's an industry all its own stocks as an industry don't do anything near what cryptocurrencies do because cryptocurrency actually provides this delivery system for money that hasn't existed before and it's a revolutionary system kind of like aqueducts for the roman empire or something because um like in comparison to the way that money goes around the world now if you uh like if you try to take your money out of your bank account in your bank and try to put it in a different bank this is a arduous process because you have to sign a lot of documents like you have to sign documents to open up a new bank account with a new bank or whatever and so there's barriers to moving your money around quickly but with cryptocurrency like you get to transfer your money to any other banking address anywhere in the world like if everybody was using cryptocurrency as opposed to the current banks that they're using like in international banks like chase bank or whatever um you would have a banking system that you automatically get to route your money divert it through whatever channel you want um it really brings into focus i mean it makes money gives money the ability to be more liquid or flow to more places faster 
um it it gives it the opportunity to be more like water which is the way that it is like money is characteristically like water i'm saying like so you might just disagree with me like don't say money is the same as water but it's like money is a kind of thing that's always in motion the way that water is but it's a it's an infinite kind of thing um money is an is an infinite kind of thing where as opposed to finite so it's not if you are getting to the heart of what money is supposed to be you're talking about something that is moving all the time something that is in motion the way that infinity is but it's fake as opposed to real but like fake in the way that water is ungraspable or it's sort of like fleeting any any momentary image you have of a river that image like that water is gone and the next image like water is fleeting um in that respect but it's it's kind of like that it's fake but i'm making the argument that things that are in motion are are fake and things that are real are stuck in the same place but like things that are real are are more concerned with appearances like what i was saying in the previous episode um that like being real is like a is like a competition but like the the competition to win a game is a competition to be the most real but it what i would say bring that brings into focus is that winners are actually pretty concerned with appearances because winners are concerned with the top layer but like winning what pretty much always goes along with that is acting the part or um like looking like a winner is a major part of of winning but it's it's kind of like winning is more concerned with appearances than you would think or it's more winning is more about having the right appearance than you would think like for example if you're a low-level employee trying to move up the ranks in your given company you it involves looking the part like dress for the job that you want not the one that you have but it would involve um looking more professional or getting more into character getting more into costume for what your company is asking for in accordance with the rules of the game that your company is putting out there like following the rules or conforming more and more to the image that the company wants of you is what is that's what's going to make you more like the ceo who is like the ultimate face ultimate representation in in an individual for the company like conforming to the image involves a lot of looking the part and um just like being real actually uh i feel like to some great extent involves appearances but it what's more significant is that winners are good at appearances but um it's more like a winner seeing as that the ceo is like the greatest winner for that company and obviously it's like in real life having lots of money doesn't necessarily bring you happiness or like winning being a ceo doesn't make you a better person but i'm saying like within the company and within the guidelines for that game uh people trying to win at that um like um it's just that being being more like the thing and like winning involves following a lot of a lot of rules but um, conforming to the image appearances um, 
And so is it is it advantageous to focus a lot on appearances uh, when it's like the point that I was starting to launch into was just that if you're a winner, you actually are good at modeling yourself after the appearances of every level of the competition, every lower level, like in order to work your way up the ranks, you have to be able to replicate and it, something, an image at every single level of it, something that's expected of you. Um, but it's I, what I'm talking about is almost like graduation, where in order to graduate eighth grade, you have to you have to do all the eighth grade academics, all the eighth grade stuff, so that you look like an eighth grader, so that you can pass to ninth grade. Like you wouldn't um, you wouldn't be concerning yourself with tenth grade studies as an eighth grader even though like graduating eighth grade is ultimate graduating 10th grade is ultimately the goal even if your current status is eighth grader um in order to graduate all of the levels or like graduate from 12th grade all like ultimately if that's the goal you have to meet the image of every lower level every single step of the way as long as there's a graduation that's expected of you and so it works that same way in a company but so like you have to it just speaks to that if you're like the ultimate leader of a company but like company i wouldn't want to just focus on that maybe another good example would just be hitler or something like hitler was at the very top of the collective that was germany like hitler as an individual empowered a collective the same way that like every major collective or a lot of them um, basically every major collective is the result of like one, uh, an individual is empowering a collective, like a collective and an individual together. This is kind of like a, this is kind of like wave particle duality a little bit where the collective is a more socialized version, more socialized representation of what the individual is representing. But I'm just talking about how at the top, um, at the top of a major company or like the leader of a country like Hitler to Germany, uh, at the top is the image. And then everybody below the image is just kind of like, uh, walking in the footsteps of that, that person. Um, but it's like, uh, in some senses you can't have the collective without the individual you can have the individual without the collective. Like, I don't know if it is true every single time there is a company that it's like you can look to that it's an individual empowering them. But for there's for so many examples, this is what's true. Like the United States, what empowers that collective? Ultimately, it's there's a president empowering the population that is the United States. And like ultimately with Germany... Hitler, the individual, was empowering a collective, the collective of Germany, like, um, but, so, there's a, there's a certain real fakeness dynamic that happens with something like that, like, um, but, like, would you say that Hitler was real and the and then everybody below them is fake. Like, is the CEO, I'll just stick with that. I'll just stick with that for now because that's the easiest way for for me to explain, I guess, what I'm thinking about. Um, 
like the I guess the CEO is the most is the most real, but they're the most they were they're the best at appearances because they're the best at mirroring the appearance of any other level in the company. But I'm talking about something like the winner of the game is the most undefinable person, but becoming the most undefinable, you like lose your soul along the way. And um, it's like if you win something, you've you ultimately it's like you've sold out for an appearance. If you become the face of the country, like if you become the president, the president is the person who's good, at, who is the best at like talking out of their ass the most or the person who's just concerned with like platitudes and authorities that are um, appearancist. Like the whole political game is really appearancist. Um, but how the like the leader of something is the best at replicating i they're the leader of something or the winner of something and i'm talking about like the leader of any internal hierarchy or the the leader of any group um so i'm talking about i'm kind of talking about things that exist in a subjective space as opposed to an objective one that's what i'm focusing on is the within of something or the subjectivity of something the within of something is this the subjectivity of it because that's the that's where you're describing how there is a power dynamic and I'm describing different levels of power, different levels of authority where the top level of authority within a group is the most undefinable person. But this person as I what is new, like I've talked about this in the past, but what is new about what I'm saying or hopefully what I'm hopefully what is new about it. The thing I'm trying to bring to the table that I haven't brought to it before the thing that is significant uh besides that I just come up with uh I just keep I'm saying like 30 things to say the thing that is significant um I guess just because I'm stalling for time because I want do want to do a whole hour it's like what do I oh I gotta keep um obviously that's going on but I, I'm talking I'm I'm bringing into focus the within of something or the internal hierarchy quote-unquote area of life as opposed to the objective side of it um because looking at hitler and his relationship to the rest of germany this is the hierarchy of the group that is like uh 1930s 1940s germany uh germany circa that time period where the internal hierarchy is is defined by fascism and hitler leading it and in that case hitler is like the lead fascist and um but I'm talking about the sub subjective because within the subjective is where you get the power dynamic. The objective doesn't work like that. Let me give you an example. Um, the the um, let me give you an example. The example I'd like to use is that of love. Love. We try to describe it to ourselves like the five love languages comes along and um this is an attempt by people to to, to categorize love which i'd say is a good thing to do anytime you're breaking down something that exists into more specific definitions um this is a worthy attempt because that in in my opinion that's more progressive and that's more intelligent like 
the two-party American political system is not very intelligent because we we should break that down into more parties, or at least describe it that way. There are there are alternative parties that exist, but the like institutionally, the Republican and Democratic parties have so much power and so much wealth, and they're so central to the American identity that you can't. It's like getting rid of those is like getting rid of America, and so like we have to continue with this two-party system and that silences the voice of any alternative parties but obviously it would be more intelligent if there were like 30 choices because just naturally it's it's more intelligent to be more open and more inclusive and you're more open if you're uh considering like 30 different parties but we we remain stupid because the 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 two parties are what is in power more so than any more so than it is Republicans or Democrats at any one time. That's not important. It's the two-party system is the problem because it continues to maintain that there aren't like a number, a lot of different voices you could hear from. And because in reality, it is the case that there are very many different voices. But in the current climate, we are breaking down the two-party system just naturally since, since there's lots of people rising up in on the internet people with youtube channels people broadcasting themselves and and we're voting for them this automatically makes it so that we're voting in a more much a much more open-minded democracy and like that is the new democracy is what i'm saying it's just a matter of time before we kind of shoo away this dumb political way of doing things it's just that we should come to a place where we see politicians to be more and more useless because their skill set is becoming more useless because they're, I mean, they're mostly just given over to appearances, but their whole, they don't really contribute anything like they're not like an entrepreneur where they made a business or they're putting a product on the market. They are just people who talk their way into power. And when that's the case, those politicians are basically just people who are concerned with appearances and getting to the highest level of appearance possible. But if you make it to the level of like U.S. Senator, I think that that speaks to your ability to like if you're a federal senator, United States senator, as opposed to a state senator, this speaks to your, like, you are able to mirror the appearance of lower level senators at like the city or the state level. Um, like you, but I, I'm just making the point out politics is all about having the, like looking presidential or looking like a senator. And, um, but as that as our standards for president or senator deteriorate, which I believe is happening with the internet, like the internet makes it so that we have all these alternative people that are like, uh, with their YouTube channels making content or podcasters that are, podcasters are like posing as political figures because they're talking their way into power in a similar way, but there's just so many voices doing it. Um, it's just that... Um, Anyway, the um, I'm getting off topic because I am giving you too much filler, or like I'm I'm avoiding what I'm wanting to say, which is that um, love is a thing that you can look to that shows us a picture of the objective versus a subjective world. I would argue that love when it is subjective is a different thing from love when it's objective, but we don't ever speak to this. But it's kind of like... Um, it's because we discriminate against hate so much and hate is the opposite of love. I think 
part of us trying to avoid that avoid the idea of hate is saying that the opposite of love is fear which is inaccurate the opposite of love is hate we might try to avoid talking about hate by saying the opposite of love is fear but like basically what i want to say is that love is when love is subjective it is a more of a power dynamic it's more of like a domin domination submission kind of thing that's and there's an argument to be made i would say that love when it when it manifests itself internally or subjectively is uh more more like hatred or like a love that comes across in a power dynamic kind of way where it's like submissive dominant um love that is more objective this is more like physical or like sex or like physical love objective love is more like sex and then um not that subjective love isn't but it's just kind of like uh imagined love versus love that manifests itself physically like sex these are two different things but we call all of it love and it's more like imagined love that doesn't actually manifest itself physically this is something more like hatred or it's just kind of a love that plays out vertically as opposed to horizontally but what i'm talking about is inverses of things like love and hate are opposites they're like inverses of each other the same way that objective versus subjective those are opposites of each other and so really you would discredit the idea of love to say that it's all about love and never about hate and really, if you're going to have a more evolved picture of love, this automatically means that you're going to have to evolve it to like what its opposite is. Like if you want, if you want love to continue to be relevant or to continue to change, then uh, you are saying that we need to include the picture of love where, or like we need to understand, changing love means figuring out what love's relationship to hatred is and so i'm arguing that love's relationship to hatred is that hatred is the internal manifestation of love or the subjective manifestation and love is what manifests objectively but let me more pinpoint what i'm saying like the thing is that people say uh don't don't treat a woman like she's an object like that's that's we could all agree is one of the greatest evils it's like don't treat a woman like she's an object but um this is a this is an inaccurate way of saying it what people mean is don't treat a woman like she's a subject or like she is your subject that's actually what people mean treating a woman like she's an object is actually the way that it's supposed to be done that is consensual but like this is the kind of thing i'm talking about is that we should be more intelligent with what we're discussing with love or break it down into categories but you can't go from one to five like the five love languages does uh you actually the only the only way that you become more intelligent about love is if you divide it from one to two you have to start with two rather than go from one to five with the five love languages like categorizing love is important but you actually have to it's just that the only way that this naturally evolves i'm saying like into the future is us focusing more on love's counterpart which is hatred 
and I'm not saying that hatred is a is uh, like that's really something we should want. I'm just saying in the future we'll focus on this more. But it's like being more open minded about hatred would allow you to see that it is just kind of like an idea, uh, not not something that we should say is the greatest evil, but that's the way that we treat it now. We try to discriminate it out of existence, but this is just us refusing to graduate to a higher level of understanding it where we're okay with hatred. But it's kind of just like, hatred isn't evil, it's just the imagined or internal manifestation of of love. Um, but it's like, don't treat a woman like she's an object treat her like uh don't treat a woman like she's an object um if that's true you're telling me to treat her like she's a subject and that that can't be what that can't be what we want to do as a society but it's really just more that when people talk about that statement don't treat a girl like she's an object um they're basically saying like you should feed more into the reality where you are the woman's subject or it's like but the focus there is on subjective love then you're saying if love isn't i'm not supposed to have an objective view of love when i look at a girl uh i should have a subjective view of it you're saying that love needs to be a power dynamic where either she is my subject or i am her subject because that's the way that's what's different about the subjective world is that it's all power driven or it's all vertical if it objective is the way i should view a woman because that's the one where i view her to be another thing outside of myself because object literally translated is a thing outside of myself and so this is the way you should view other people as as other things outside of yourself if you're viewing them subjectively then you're saying like oh they are less than me or they are more than me but this is this is a really important thing about just like a discussion of subjective versus objective is a like this is a worthy discussion people should bring this up more the we confuse object with subject pretty easily because they're near in nature to each other kind of because they're overlapping in every instance like uh the inside of your house this is like or the inside of any building this is the i would argue you call it this this is the subjective space of the building but if you go outside of your house and then view it then you can view the entire thing as one whole thing you get to view it as an object but when you're within something you're subject to it there's a difference between it's just like within the borders of something is subjective outside of the borders of it is you get to view that thing as an object and so um like also it doesn't make sense to to be like don't view a woman like she's an object because that's not a motivator for anybody to have sex with a girl is if you liken her to an armchair like thinking of viewing a girl to be more like furniture isn't going to motivate you to go and have sex with her. Like, that's never been the problem. It Like, oh, men are getting more aggressive because they're viewing women to be like an armchair. The reason you have sex with a girl is because she's less like an armchair and more like a human. Like, it's, a, it's that she's a human and not like furniture is what's attractive about her. It's never been a problem, like... The viewer as an object it's just that what people mean is you're not supposed to make her your subject which is correct because that's very 
domineering and it isn't necessary then you're just feeding making love about a power dynamic and so um obviously there obviously physical love does manifest itself in submissive domination ways um and so like it wouldn't be accurate to say physical love is never is never submissive dominant um i mean like maybe it kind of sort of always is uh but i'm saying it's just more consensual if it's like we're viewing each other as if we're both viewing each other as objects outside of ourselves like that's a lot more consensual than a power dynamic but what i'm saying is that imagined love is something like manifests itself as like hatred where um there's more of a hatred element to putting people below you or like making it so that that's the case. It's, it's more like, um, it's more like a hatred kind of thing, but, but I'm saying how the subjective world is dominant, dominant like this. It's authoritative. It's like, and this is what I'm focusing on when I talk about the within of a company or the within of the power structure of, uh, Nazis, Nazi Germany um, that is the within of something because it Nazi Germany describes how describes that at the top you have Hitler and he's empowering all the levels all the lower levels of authority below him uh, all the other levels of the hierarchy and um, so which one of those is more fake and which one is more real like objective is more real because you're taught you're um able to view singular things as graspable but like in the subjective world this is more fake because authorities are fake they're fake because they are just posings that people are doing their impositions they are they're perceived they're believed but this is this goes along with the subjective world or a subjective space because the subjective space is more imagined um it it relies on belief and really authorities all rely on you believing that that person has the authority um but like further proof that hatred it's just that like dominant submissive it's the kind of love that is played out in a not consensual way that kind of love you could still call it love love that is more submissive dominant you could still call it love but i think it'd be more accurate maybe maybe we should call that thing like hatred where hatred isn't the worst thing ever it's just kind of a power dynamic form of love it's it's the love that happens internally because we should probably view things that way that the internal the like what is the internal counterpart to the thing that happens externally in in any area but like um and i think a lot of times what you'd find is that you can describe the internal thing as uh, as the opposite of the external thing but like I'm just using objective versus subjective as a template for love that happens physically versus love that happens like in a more imagined sort of way. Um, but like currency is fake. Currency is fake. It's like water. It's like infinite because it's always moving or it's, it's fleeting. And um, 
like I don't I can't remember if I followed through on the point or not about the delivery system. The cryptocurrency is like a delivery system because it makes it makes money more liquid, which is the way that money already is. But if you and cryptocurrency, it's pretty much impossible. It's an industry all its own, and it's an industry that's threatening the international banking industry. And so this is like something like this hasn't come along, but cryptocurrencies are different from stocks because they're like it's an industry all its own. And what matters is like there might be a number of things that could happen in terms of public sentiment that shifts sentiment to cryptocurrency because if cryptocurrency really is a unique industry, it provides a unique service, which I'm arguing it does because the delivery system is unlike anything we've ever seen because you can't take money out of your account and uh, put it into another banking account really easily with the cryptocurrency whole industry like network. It, it connects Bitcoin to Ethereum to all other cryptocurrencies very easily. So you can actually shift your money between different banks as quickly as you want to. But the entire system is a uh, network like it's like the Internet it's but for money and um it's kind of like an alternative to like uh the same way that a civilization becomes really powerful because it's able to harness the power of water and and now realize that money is is like water it's just this alternative form of it but for the global scale um cryptocurrency is an invention that allows for the entire world as a civilization to divert the most amount of water possible to its entire self all the time. Um, and so maybe it's like viewing cryptocurrency. It's, it's ultimately a delivery system that's created the same way that like Amazon is a, is a major delivery system that is revolutionary in the area of delivery systems. And this is what makes it so much money is, is like, yeah, like just look at Amazon and see that Amazon's product ultimately is that it's a revolutionary delivery system. Realize then that cryptocurrency is a delivery system even more efficient than Amazon because it doesn't have to deal with all the, doesn't have to deal with all the physical assets. Um, but I mean, like, so it's difficult to say where, like, uh, obviously cryptocurrency isn't exactly like Amazon because it isn't delivering physical things. And we will continue to live in a world where physical things need to be delivered. But like uh, different cryptocurrencies will come along that tokenize delivering things in different ways. Um, but pretty much the, like, I'm talking about how cryptocurrency is a, it's a product, uh, definitely more than a stock. Like it's not a stock because a stock doesn't produce anything like cryptocurrency, the entire, like you could call them stocks, but all of those, every cryptocurrency the entire collection of those is a unique industry. And since that is the case, since it can't be replicated, it's kind of like it'll always be around. And um, and it's like a, it's an internet. It's They're better than stocks because stocks don't come anywhere near replicating like what an internet does. But uh, cryptocurrency is like a faux, is a faux internet. Um, 
since it's always around, there are like there are a number of things that could happen. Like if the entire stock system, the collection of stocks, if people start putting their money more into cryptocurrency as opposed to stocks, or in other words, like if cryptocurrency becomes independent, more independent, if stocks become dependent on cryptocurrency and people realize that this is the case, where it's like you can pretty evidently see that cryptocurrency and stocks are going alongside each other in today's world. Like they they both went down recently. Stocks went down and cryptocurrency went down. They're kind of tied in with each other. Um, if it became the case that people saw cryptocurrency to be more independent than stocks, which this could very feasibly happen because cryptocurrencies are are automatically more independent because they actually produce a service and stocks don't. So if the stocking world, the stocks world, becomes dependent on the cryptocurrency world, and this becomes evident, where it's like whatever happens with cryptocurrency is what affects uh, stocks. If that becomes evident to people, then people will start perceiving cryptocurrency to be more powerful and then they'll start putting their money into it more. But there's a lot of things like this that could happen. It's the same with like, cryptocurrency in compare in comparison to like national banks or or whatever like if sentiment starts to shift a little bit in one direction towards cryptocurrency for for things like this or like people all it would take is for people to perceive it to be more independent than other things which is like the possibility for this to happen is constantly happening because cryptocurrency is a unique market and will probably always be around because people can't replicate that industry it's a brand new industry and it is it has only grown since it was incepted like 15 years ago it's it's just difficult that it wouldn't uh, take on the international banking industry overnight because the international banking industry has a ton of power but like it is uh currency is like water and is a thing that's always in motion and so you would want a delivery you would want the most delivery efficient delivery system possible when it comes to money and um it's it helps us put money more under the radar or more out of existence or to be some be something that's fake but like um this is the currency podcast. I talked to you about. I'm talking to you about um, like I make an episode about ignorant being ignorant or or something like that. I'm talking about um, reputations that people have that people do in order to stay current. But I was talking at the end of a different episode about how everybody in the world maintains conversational relevance and. Um, or like everybody is constantly creating, but they kind of like people have to put on people have to put on the appearance of something because everybody's kind of participating in this giant competition. And I would argue that anytime you're talking, you're sort of like performing. Um, but it's just that some people do it better than others. But it's really like the people who are the most popular are the most concerned with appearances. Like whoever. Whoever wins the game is the person who becomes most popular. Like popularity and fame and money go along with winning whatever competition that you're a part of. But it's even in just like a social group, 
the person who's the most popular in the group is the person that the rest of the people in the group are most dependent on. And, and um, this ultimately is the person who embodies the group the most within themselves as an individual or uh, represents the image of the group the best. The person that does that is the person most relative to everybody else in the group. This is something that happens in a subjective space. And um, so it's like the winner of a subjective space ends up being the appearance outwardly for the group. And this is like, this is to say that it is only the winner that embodies both the subjective and the objective or, or is able to put their foot both in the subjective and the objective world. So it's like the most popular person in a friend group is the, I would argue it's like the person who represents that group the best. They're the image for it, for the rest of the world. So it's like the CEO of a company is this for a company. They are the person that, as a person, is the face of the company for the rest of the world. So like outwardly, when the world sees that company as an object or as one thing, um, the best you're going to do to see a, a person as representative of that company as one thing is look at the CEO. And um, it's the same for Hitler with Germany. Like Nazi Germany as represented in one person is definitely Hitler, but it's because he is the person that the rest of the people in in Germany are are most dependent on. He created it. It's his it's his vision. Um, it's almost like the person most popular in the group is um, is like they did the most to create that group or it's like their vision really uh so it's like hitler is the person that the rest of the world is able to see nazi germany as like an object through hitler more so than or i mean they could just look at germany the collective or like everybody within germany at the time you could look at that too there's a couple there's a few ways you could look at um, something and summarize it to be an object, but you, you can't see something as an object while you are within it is the point. While you are within the subjective space of something, then you are subject to subjectors of all kinds, people, uh, imposing authorities or just levels of authority that happen within a subjective space. Um, you're subject to those. That's what's important about subjectivity is that it is a subjecting space. It all happens, it all happens vertically or like where you, in order to move up. But I'm talking about capitalism versus socialism, or in other words, order versus chaos. In a subjective space, there is order. And then in an objective space, maybe is more like, well, well, it's, uh, I don't, it's hard to describe this. It's hard to describe this, but there's like, there's the competitive part of it. And then there's the non-competitive part of it. There's like capitalism versus socialism. But, um, yes, I don't, I don't know that there's any singular point that I'm making today, but I mean, I am a, I am an individual. And, but any podcaster is an individual that empowers a collective and that collective is their audience, but it's like the, the individual along with collective is like a particle along with a wave. Like they are always 
they're always alongside each other. You don't get one without the other. Like wave-particle duality dictates that everything is both a particle and a wave. And this doesn't just, by the way, this doesn't just extend to particles. It extends to, it ultimately is the same for like giant objects in the world. Like they're, an object that you see, anything you see, like a chair, is a particle that in some way is connected to uh, a wave or like an infinity like for a chair what it's the infinity that a chair is connected to is like anything that a chair can manifest itself as or all of the different images or forms that a chair takes within the territory within the definition of a chair whatever whatever um a chair can be but like um singular singular infinite I'm just uh, I'm just bringing up a number of disconnected points and uh, trying to connect them. I just thought of something interesting just a moment ago that I wanted to say, but now I'm forgetting it. Um, which is that, like, people... Um, I find that... I'll just tell you about something I've been thinking about recently, which is that I and I've said this before, is like spending time alone versus mer merging myself with the rest of the world. And what I realize is that the, um, the individual world is one that you don't have to participate in, but it's kind of like a world all its own or a culture all its own, where it's like um, you get stuck if you don't talk to people enough and like I, I do have a social life and I talk to people frequently. It's just that maybe I have standards where I'm like, I want to be connected with people a lot more often than I'm doing now, or I want to keep going in that direction. Like being more connected with everybody else in the world, um, is a state of being. And it's like a state of being that's separate from being living in the individual world like the individual being solo is kind of a culture all its own and then what comes with it is like solitude and loneliness but it's like the isolating nature of being alone which like everybody sort of has to watch out for it in today's world where it's very easy to stay in your house where it's like people other humans are becoming less and less interesting in comparison to the world of entertainment that you can find just at your fingertips in your house. Like people, other people are, uh, would be having a harder and harder time of competing with like, uh, whatever entertainment, anything that you could, that could occupy your time. Like as long as whatever comes out of the TV or video games, like as long as people keep making more and more of them that like the world worlds that exist in virtual reality we keep getting more of them to choose from it'll be more and more difficult for individuals to compete and so it's not necessarily futuristic or progressive to connect yourself with lots of different people it might actually be more the future to go solo like everybody's going to go more solo and that's actually the future um but in some senses, that's true. I think that the future will evolve for all of us to recognize each other all to be different or that we'll value free thinking more and more. So that will be like, the most important thing is you speaking from your own experience or standing up for yourself, speaking on 
speaking your own position and what you believe to be true rather than um, that it's important to be aligned with the right or the left or, or anything like that. Um, and um, what I've just been thinking about is, is how you lose the culture of isolation, but it's like being alone does does lure you in that direction too like isolationist culture causes you to be more isolationist or value isolationism or isolationist mindsets like going into the culture being alone causes you to involve yourself with the culture of being alone or like enjoying being alone or something but it's really like a certain um it's kind of sad because if you're alone, then you miss out on all of the different ways you can connect yourself to people. Like there's so many different people and, and people are so different that like any one person you form a connection with, this is like a, this is a unique connection and you have the opportunity for so many different unique connections that it really renders the individual world so useless. And really it's like, um, being alone in your house does not render you ice render you to being in isolation um it doesn't subject you to isolation automatically like if you involve yourself with social media you text people you talk with your friends while you're playing video games and shit like that that is being connected too so you can be in your house and be connected but really what you have to watch out for is going into uh going into your own mindset too much causes a culture of aloneness and that culture is is really limiting is something that i realize like uh and it's not for everybody but i and but maybe it is for everybody like trying to be more connected maybe more connection is better for everybody because you have the opportunity for so many different experiences through different unique connections you can have with different individuals that like the culture of being an individual or being alone um that's something that you subject yourself. That's something that you get subjected to. Um, but it's kind of like the aloneness or an imagined state of things. Maybe it's more subjective sub and subjecting to be less connected with the rest of the world. Um, like being more connected, talking to more people. This, like I, what I'm saying is that I find that I like to do this I want to spend all of my time connected rather than have this large portion of my time where I'm alone or disconnected. Like what, what I'm saying is significant about what I've realized is that the culture of, um, the culture of aloneness is like a culture that competes with, and it's a relative truth that competes with the culture of being connected and um it's like that it's it's just that uh it's too stagnant when you get stuck when you get stuck being by yourself or it's like the energy that's in the air you're never harnessing it because like you can only harness the energy of what's in the air by like and that's kind of an abstract thing by like forming a connection so that you're connecting with other people or like making it so that there's a network you have to make a network of, 
but like the culture of having a network is different from the culture of so much different from the culture of being alone. Um, and it's like that level of connectedness that I would say is maybe that's more progressive. And so, um, the same with like being in your house, as long as you're connected with other people, um, that's more progressive. I'd say that being connected is still more of the future because that's the point at which you're creating like that's the point at which your things are in motion more and things being in motion more is always better like current being current um being current or being relevant this is like people try to get at this they try to be popular they try to be current the way that the rest of the world is current and being that kind of means being concerned with appearances so that you embody the appearance of what's happening at this moment in time. Like being a winner doesn't just involve uh, like winning and moving up the company ladder, but like uh, it's kind of like the world now maybe is going in a direction where it's valuing being a winner in time as opposed to um, being a winner in any one entity. But it's like this plays out in time the same way it would within a company, where it's like in a company, you move up by being the most independent person in the company, being able to replicate all other levels of the company, uh, mirror the image of what other people are looking for. This this shows a lot of adaptability and a lot of agency on your part. Like you have a lot of ability and a lot of utility if you're able to look like all of the things you need to look like in order to be the best representation of the company. But like um, as far as time is concerned, you stay current by looking the part in every given moment um, in the same way you have to mirror different decades or different years like different phenomena and different fads that happen in a year if you're like the most popular or the most current or sort of the winner like then you are somebody who is able to mirror the times that are happening different different years year after year and but this is what the fight is about is like it's the fight to be popular or be the most visible or be the most current you're only going to be the most visible is if you're only going to be the most visible if you are able to be visible in every, in the most possible moments in time or the most years or like consistently year after year. Um, if you're able to be the most visible, then this makes you the winner or it's like the most current. But I would argue that be, like this is kind of uh, the nature of currency itself, whereas like Currency, water, currency is like water. Water is something that's always moving or it's always being delivered to different places. Water is con best conceptualized as being part of a giant delivery system. And money is the same way. And a network that you have with the people around you or being more connected is, is the same thing. Like a, a, a better level of connectivity or a higher level of it um, means that you are incorporating yourself into a giant delivery system where you can where you can send your thoughts and feelings across a network more easily if you're more connected with people like if you have true connections with people they will share your shit 
better. Like they they will share it to the rest of the world. Like you'll have better word of mouth if you have better truer connections with people if you're more connected. Um and this is what makes you current, makes you relevant, makes you popular. And so since since current is the word that we describe as like this like the thing where you are true in every moment, like this moment you're current and then but if you stayed current a year from now, then you're still current. Like current is the word for this. Sort of because water moves the same way like time does, and time is like money also. Um uh, since current is the word for this, it, what I'm saying is that current is then something that we're always trying to achieve because in any given moment, currentness is current or it is relevant in any given moment because every given moment is like now it is current again. Uh, this is this speaks to that currentness is something that's in motion. But it's like since this is what people aspire to, people aspire to win or be the most popular. Um, this is of the future, and so what's significant is that greater levels of connectivity are the future. Isolation is never the future. And so people try to express this by saying that love is the future. There's lots of people that are like, well, eventually in the future, as we progress, we'll figure out that love is the greatest thing ever. Because love is kind of like a high level of connectivity. Um but uh, it's important to make the distinction between objective, what like objective love, subjective love. Like what kinds, what kinds of love are more isolationist or exist in a more imagined state or are more subjective? Um, like emphasizing hatred more is a positive thing because it allows us to evolve our idea of love or evolve our idea of connectivity, have a more intelligent view of it. It would help us to sort out what are the more hateful aspects of love or what are the more disconnected aspects of love, which it's like the opposite of love is something like disconnection or hatred. And uh, we should really allow ourselves to explore hatred so that we can, so we can understand what makes us connected. Like you can, you can figure out better what makes us connected if you explore the things that make us, what is it that makes us disconnected? Having a definition for disconnecting areas of life would help us to be more connected but it's kind of like maybe connection is more the future always and disconnection is is the past possibly i don't know in in the future i will have a podcast where i talk with people so that i can talk out these ideas um and w i'll be getting to that but i need to wrap up this podcast currency and currency is like I'm saying right now is fake. It's something like that's not even there. And I will keep exploring what is the extent of that or the extent of um, finding money to be more fake, like the more that it is in motion, the way that like popularity is vapid and the way that winning involves superficiality and appearances uh, and it is fleeting. It's It's a complicated idea, but it's kind of like how a river is uh, like ultimately real, like money is ultimately real. Um, and we end up being able to describe that a river is real by calling it a river or, or assigning an image to something that's in motion. But it's like, um, yeah, how, how fake is currency or how fake is being relevant and what 
what is good about pursuing it, whatever. Um, talk to you all later.